It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. All right, let's go. <laughs> Consequence Podcast Network. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lo Tolst, founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. And welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with It's the Interview Series, presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks so much for making your way here, uh, checking out the episode. Of course, I do hope you hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with the entire series. Uh, I put out three new interviews every single week, a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover those new ones, all the usual spots, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. You can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Uh, some of my recent guests have included The Kills, Japanese House, uh, Brandon Flower of The Killers. Uh, let's see, Chris Schiffler, The Foo Fighters, Liz Fair, Sarah Silverman, Duff McKagan of Guns N' Roses, Felicia Day, Susan Tedeschi of the Tedeschi Trucks Band, Josh Radner from How I Met Your Mother and Fleischman is in Trouble, Kristen Hirsch from Throwing Muses, uh, and the filmmakers behind the, uh, the Apple TV Plus show Lessons in Chemistry. Just an example of what you get when you subscribe to the Kyle Meredith with podcast. That's me, Kyle Meredith, today talking with a legendary vocalist and classic rock artist, Paul Rogers. You know him, of course, from Free, Bad Company, uh, The Firm, Queen. He's had a 40-year solo career as well, and he's back with a brand new solo album called Midnight Rose. It's his first record of original new material in over 20 years. So we're going to be discussing the record. He's going to tell us about uh, the simplicity in his favorite records, uh, the blues music that influenced so many of his generation, getting the nod of approval from Aretha Franklin as well. Uh, Paul's going to go on to uh, tell us how the song Take Love has roots from his time fronting Queen in the 2000s. And then we'll head back to 1983's Cut Loose. This was his first solo record celebrating its 40th anniversary. Uh, how it arrived in the aftermath of uh, Bad Company's breakup and the death of uh, his friend Led Zeppelin drummer John Bonham. As well as why he chose to re-record the uh, Cut Loose track Live in Peace with Jimmy Page in their band The Firm. All that and more as we dig into Midnight Rose. It's Kyle Meredith with Paul Rogers. 
Hello, Kyle. How are you? It really is an honor to meet you. Well, thank you, sir. You've been a soundtrack to so many lives throughout the years, uh, throughout the generations, I guess. And uh, and that's certainly true for myself. Let me say thanks for that at the beginning, but also congratulations on this fantastic solo record. Well, you're welcome. And thank you again. Thank you indeed. Which Do you have actually a favorite track that you really like or, or anything like that? Oh, I do. The title track does a lot because of the poetry, uh, the lyrics. Uh, I've had no one to tell me I'm not alone. And that line, if there was a red rose in a smoky room, I'm not sure that rose, I'm sure that rose would fade and die. Yeah. Is some of my favorite lyrics on the whole record. I I just find that the simpler, the simpler the message, the better, the more powerful it is. So it's a simple way of saying, you know, you're not alone, basically. Well, it's just, it's the the rose in the smoky room. I mean, that just, I I don't know. I, I don't know that the right word is gutted me because it's not like I was like, oh my God. But at the same time, it, it was like, it was so beautifully written. And I think that's, you know, uh, it just, yeah. So where did this album come from? I mean, you know, I, I know this is probably the usual setup, but when did you decide it was time for a new solo album and that it was going to be all originals? Well, I didn't actually. It's it's sort of what developed from uh, um, sitting around at home playing acoustic guitar and having a break, you know, a really good break because I've just been doing touring 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 all the time you know with the various bands and I had to learn different songs all the time so my own acoustic stuff that I was playing that I played in the hotel rooms blah 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 and like that wasn't getting a look in you know so I thought well let's put it all together and see what we've got so I ended up with a lot of acoustic guitars so you know acoustic songs and I then I thought well I should take it to the next level and see see how that works in the studio so I got uh, three guys, well, four including myself, together. That's uh, the core band, which was just the four of us. Um, Ray Roper on guitar and uh, Todd Ronning on bass and Rick Fedick on the drums. So there's just the four of us doing the basic tracks in the studio. And I, I showed them how the songs went and we just got into it and away we went. I it wasn't I, like I didn't say, let's go in the studio and make an album. No, let's just say, let's go in the studio and see what we come up with. I've got these, these a bunch of acoustics. Let's just lay it down and see how we do. <laughs> it's that simple. It's sometimes that's all you, it's, it's, it, should, it, it should be easy, right? And I'm sure, you know, throughout your career, some albums have probably been easier and some albums have probably been harder than others. But, and I don't know, like, because you also hear about those really rough albums end up sometimes being people's favorites and the great art. Like how does, yeah. how does that set with you? Like it does, does it, does it change your perspective on, on, you know, if it was a good time or a bad time? Well, I suppose it would, I suppose it does, but the the magic of music for me, awfully a lot, you know, is some of those very old blues recordings were recorded in a cotton field or somewhere like that. And, um, you know, on, on equipment that was mobile and that sort of thing. But it's great. It's still the test of time and it still sounds great. You can be very forgiving about the actual sound because the performance is so, you know, it's got some spark to it that's that's just happening. And, you know, in the studio, it's very antiseptic and you've got to try, try to keep everything clean. So you want a clean vocal with no background. You know, you don't want a motorbike in the background delivering pizza going, Meh! right through the vocals. So, you you know, that sort of thing you want to avoid. Um, so, you know, in theory, it should take five minutes to record a five-minute song. But it's funny how it doesn't at all. 
It takes ages to get the sound right and to get everything right together. It might take five minutes to actually put it down, but to set up the right atmosphere and the right uh, clarity of sound and all the rest of it, it takes ages. That's where the time goes. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, you make it sound easy. I, I've, I've, I've talked about this before, though. You know, it's like growing up, especially before I got involved in music, like, you know, a lot of people just don't have the concept of how an album is made. And and for me, it was almost like it just poofs into existence. Like it was handed down from the heavens or whatever. And, and here's, you know, and this, this favorite. And it's only when you, you see, you know, those, you hear those, those stories, like the tedious amount of time it takes to set up the right microphone. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, you know, actually, Kyle, you know, that's true that you want it to appear that way. You want it, the end result wants to appear. It's just like poof. It's come down from the sky, and that's what you do aim for. But that's what takes the time. <laughs> <laughs> so it just sounds very spontaneous and, and and therefore very listenable, you know. And we'll be right back right after this. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies... Yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice. It affects my mood. It affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E. P-R-O allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Paul Rogers. 
Well, you know, it's a, you know, you brought up some of those old recordings, and and not that these recordings are as old as the ones you're talking about, but you in in living it up, uh, lead single, you do name check some of your heroes, uh, Otis Redding, yeah. Aretha, Ray Charles. Yeah, they changed my game, and I, mm. I love hearing that because I mean that was such, it was such an era. Um, you know, let's let's jump back there for a second. Like, do you remember those the first time hearing that music? You know, in contrast to whatever else you had been hearing at that time, like for it to have such an impact that it did on you. Well, you know, everything was uh, going on at the time. You know, you didn't differentiate. You had the charts. You had your blues collection. So there was a blues boom going on in in England at that time. Um, and that comes around in circles. You know, it comes in cycles, it's cyclical. There is a, sometimes a blues boom and then everyone gets tired of it and it goes away and there's something else comes in. But it's always stayed there. You know, the blues is just a staple of everything. It's behind all the rock and roll licks. It really is. And um, I mean, Muddy Waters wrote a song. What did he write? He wrote a song, uh, oh yeah, the blues had a baby and they called it rock and roll. I think it's very true. But anyway, you know, there's so many things. And so much comes out of, of the blues. If you look at Led Zeppelin, they're blues-based. If you look at Hendrix, it's blues-based. Only it's psychedelic blues, I, I guess. And if you look at Clapton, there's a lot of blues in Clapton. And, and what, what it does, it gives you the ability to springboard from the 12-bar blues into other songs. I started writing songs because my friend Colin Bradley, who was a guitarist in, in, in a very early band, taught me what a 12-bar blues was, you know. And there, there's so many variations of it. And there are a million songs already written on that structure, right? That 12-bar structure. And yet there's still room for another million. That's amazing structure. It's just, I, it's fantastic. Well, I mean, if, I mean, if you think about Hendrix, the way he took, he did Hey Joe and he did, the, and he did um, There's a Red House, over yonder, that's the 12 bar, and it's so cool. It's beyond cool, you know. And um, he took that, and, you know, he was writing th things like Little Wing. Well, she's walking through the clouds. You know, she, he did all that. Like, it comes out of the blues, but it's not actually the 12 bar blues. <laughs> anyway. I remember hearing, yeah, Red House for the first time, and I was, uh, I was a child of the 80s, teen of the 90s, in the 90s, you know, like every other kid i was listening to a lot of you know mainstream alternative rock music you know and red house was on a soundtrack i'm forgetting which one it was right now it was i think it was an indie movie and, and and you know for me talking about what i was asking you it sounded so different mm. from nirvana and pearl jam who do use you know some blues in their music too especially pearl jam but it sounded so different that i think for a solid like two weeks red house was all i could listen to like just grabbed me yeah when there's a couple of songs i could name that that um, have that sort of groove if otis redding's rock me baby is a dun, 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 dun. you know it's it's just i don't know it's got a, it's got something magic to it and um who knows what it is <laughs> uh forgive me for not knowing you know did did you end up you know those three people we named uh, especially two of them i, I guess so i'm talking about aretha and ray did you ever end up being able to to collaborate with them or or, or do any music? Uh, not really. I would have liked to. Who was it? it was Ch oh no, Otis, of course. Um, Aretha and Rachel. Well, Ray Charles, no, not really. To be quite honest, no. But I was once appeared on stage <laughs> with Aretha 
when uh, the Four Tops were, they, they invited me to their celebration of their 50th anniversary. They invited me to this, and there was the there was salmon. There was Sam Moore from Salmon Dave there. Who else was there, sweetheart? Um, uh, Aretha Ash, was there. Ashford and Simpson. Yeah, and uh, Ashford a lot and of Simpson. Yeah, and the Four Tops, of course. And uh, anyway, Aretha was part of the show, so. Yeah, I sort of was on the stage with her for an encore, but not really doing much. I was standing at the end of the line. <laughs> well, you know. She did look down the line at Paul, however, and gave him a nod of approval. So uh, I know. You so got sweet. the nod from Aretha. I, You're doing I, okay. That's some nod, I'll tell you. <laughs> She's an awesome, she was an awesome figure. You know, everyone's like terrified of her because she could sing you out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> But that nod is more than most ever get. So yeah, that's I'm sure yeah. that was meaningful. Yeah, that's uh... and that was plenty for me. I'll tell you. Yeah. Well, there's a uh, you know further on on this album, and we were talking about some of my favorite tracks. Um, aside from that title track, uh, "Melting," "Melting" is one of those that it felt like a classic the first time I heard it. Thank you, Thank you very much. Yeah, and and again, maybe maybe you know, there's not a you don't have to differentiate, but. But, you know, for the new songs to sound like new songs, like these are the new songs, these are the new Paul Rogers, but then you get a track in there. Like, do you ever feel that like, oh, this this feels like something in the pocket from the past? Well, it's interesting you say that because actually Melting was the most current song <laughs> on the album. But I think I one digs deep into that which has influenced you. You know, you get you get a feeling and you go with that feeling. I got the riff first, dun -la -dun -la -dun -la. and I thought that sounds just very bluesy, you know, where do, where will that take me? And I just let it flow. And I put some of my own experiences in there and I put my imagination in there. So it's really as well, I do find that it's down to the listener to decide what the song is all about, you know, but it does, to me, it evokes a, um, um, a guy like maybe a farmer, maybe an, you know an outlaw from the old west, uh, on the run, definitely on the run. You know, those, those doggies are after him. You know, those hound dogs, um, and that sort of thing. And I just go with it, and it's it just creates an atmosphere. It was actually very much the same, and you know, in the feeling was the same with Seagull. Seagull has something that you're just sitting on the beach playing it, and just has a. It's very simple, and that's the key. The key, actually, is to get a simple idea and message without being so simple that it's, it's meaningless, you know. But it's it's like it's got a depth to it. And that's what a lot of the, well, again, the blues guys had. And we'll be right back right after this. Hey, welcome to Kyle Meredith with Consequence where we check out some cool new things happening on the uh, Consequence Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Meredith, and today I get to talk to uh, Ann Erickson, host of our new Consequence podcast, Beyond the Boys Club. Hey, Kyle. And congratulations on Beyond the Boys Club. Uh, well, what can you tell us about it? Four years ago, I started a column published on Consequence called Beyond the Boys Club. The goal was to spotlight the women making a name for themselves in rock and metal. All these artists share their passion for music and their stories of breaking barriers as women in the music industry. This fall, we're taking the conversation further in the Beyond the Boys Club podcast. The interview series will welcome amazing female and non-binary artists from across the genre spectrum to share their stories and triumphs as they follow the beat of their own drum and shake up the scene. That sounds awesome. I can't wait to check it out. And we should all check it out because Beyond the Boys Club arrives uh, twice monthly 
uh, on Tuesdays, wherever you get your podcasts. Great talking with you, Anne. Thanks, Kyle. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Paul Rogers. I'm just looking at the track list here, too. Of course, Take Love. I know it's been talked about a bit because that song had been around a while. I think you've done a, um, some live stuff with, uh, with, uh, with Queen on that one. Well, well actually, let me say that with, with Take Love, I was still trying the song out with Queen. And we did it a few nights or a few tours or something. And I was still working on it. So when we finally got in the studio, I thought, right, it's time to put this down for, for proper now, you know. And it was actually, was it um, Take Love? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was inspired by a kitty cat we had called Sheridan. And uh, she doesn't like me calling them kitty cats. So anyway, that's what I call them. And uh, she was a, what was she? Chocolate Point Siamese. I always say she was Persian, but anyway, she was very proud. And you couldn't get near her to stroke her and things like that. So I was sitting with the acoustic guitar one day and I heard Cynthia say, you know, Sherry, I can't love you if you keep walking away. And I went, bing, that's a great line, or an opening line for a song. And I just went with that and, and built it out. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, you know, that the way you said that, like, you you got to road test that a little bit. Which yes. Which is something that a lot of artists get the luxury of doing anymore. Um, you know, especially, well, I mean, some songs are, of course, created on the moment in the studio, too, but... But, yeah. but I, I remember that, like, you know, especially when I go back and I listen to old live shows or bootlegs or something like that, and, and you follow that timeline, the way a song, like, there's got to be a luxury in that, right? To have a song be able to grow outside on the stage and then have some time to gestate. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is. I mean, there's a lot of little points in that song. You know, for instance, where... Uh, during the lyric, it goes, you better listen to your heart, baby, at that point. But there's a point in the song where I'd like to say, not only had you better listen to your heart, but so should I. You know, and there was a point I could stick that in, put that in later on. And that just developed by playing it, you know. Do you have, like, when I look at the track list, I'm like, eight songs, 34 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Are there more songs setting around in the vault like, like that, where you're like, I could maybe, you know... Yeah, yeah that on, or maybe are. it's coming there later. Yeah. yeah, there are. I mean, I'm still working on songs, and I'm working on songs all the time, basically. Um, not all of them are great. Some of them are good. You know, you never really know until you finally get it where you think, okay, that's finished. We're going to work on that now. See, that's me being a greedy fan right there. I'm like, eight songs, could have been 10, could have been. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's a bit of an eight-track album, you know, old school. Just kidding. Um <laughs> Actually, I must say, though, when in the older days, back when McGraths and Bad Company were making albums, we used to think in terms of the vinyl and the effect of the vinyl, and you used to get 18 minutes aside, sort of max, right? So that was really your limit. And it was a good limitation because there was no fluff on the album then. You just had to, you know, be uh, very economical with the music, so make it precise, tight, and and firm so there's no there's no fluff on there you know um and you you get your 90 minutes out because after that if you start to put 20 minutes on you lose quality of sound overall so that you know it's at the expense of the uh, quality of the album basically so i think in those terms often when when i put an album together i guess i was thinking in, in those terms with this too but that's important because that necessity for sound quality i think really did make the albums better as you were saying like you it had yeah. to be just the best stuff yeah, yeah. that's true yeah. 
how we get those classic albums, which I should bring up uh, one of those classic, you know, a classic album, um, because this record, Midnight Rose, also comes on the 40th anniversary of your first solo record with Cut Loose. <laughs> Might be coincidence, okay. coincidental in timing. I mean, is it coincidence or did you kind of oh, see that coming? Yeah, it's good that you point that out, though. I didn't realize that. Yeah, 1983, 40 years ago, um, exactly. Uh, wow. Although I don't know the exact date in the in the year. I, I, you may, I don't know, you may get lucky there too, for all I know. <laughs> you know, well, it was it was released here September the 22nd, but I don't know exactly when Cut Loose was released. Probably about the same time. Well, that's, that, I know that was usually the thing, especially if you were a big name, you got your album put to the latter part of the year so you could hopefully pick up those Christmas sales. So it's a, there's a good chance <laughs> it lines up uh, yeah. a little yeah. bit. What is that album, you know, when you made that record, and of course you were just coming off the uh, the Bad Company splits, is that an album that you would call of confidence? Like, here I am, I'm out on alone. Is that an album of uncertainty? Oh no, I don't have my band. Like, what does that album look like to you now? Well, it looks like the way it was. It was very much a learning curve. And I wanted to, um, well, first of all, I, I sort of stepped back from Bad Company because I, I just got especially after the death of John Bonham you know it was such a tragedy and he was such a great great drummer listen to the end of rock and roll you know he's got this um he's got this metronome at the center of his chest and he flails around it's not it's not you know it's it's you can't follow what he does and then he comes right back in time you know it's unbelievable and he's got he, he always had that quality well Jason does too his son great quality great drummers um for me cut loose was a learning curve I, well, yeah i'd set back from bad company after john's death and and everybody was so shocked you know and i thought well i'm gonna stay at home i'm gonna i'm gonna do what elvis has told me to do is take time to live <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna live a little i'm just gonna stay at home with the family but i thought well i still want to be connected to music so i built a studio in my house because I, I had the money at that point, I could do that. And I thought, well, what shall I do now? So I thought, well, I'll make a solo album and play all the instruments and see how that works out. But I did, one of the things that I did learn from that was, for me anyway, for me, uh, I know that other people can do this successfully, but for me, you need, I need uh, other people to work with to get the spirit of the music going. If you do everything yourself, it's a bit one-dimensional in terms, in some terms. I don't don't want to put the album down, but that's what I learned. And you need a spirit of of um, uh, whatever happens between people when you can see them. And that's why with this album, having the four guys in the studio, eyeball to eyeball, so we could see each other and we could react to each other instantly on the on the lam, as it were. Um, it was really, really very good. And that was that is the way to record to us. Well, I, I will, you know, just for the compliment uh, here, uh, there are moments on that record cut cut loose. Like your guitar work on Sweet Sensation is fantastic. Thank you. You know, it's funny that um, Sandy, uh, Paul Kossoff's wife, called me and, and she said, I, anyway, I ended up buying uh, one of Paul's guitar. And that is Paul's guitar. It sounds great. I mean, you seriously, the, the work you're doing on that, uh, like I said, that's one of my favorites to go to. And um, of course, you know, and, 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 you know, to your point, you did take uh, Live in Peace from being all solo to a group of friends. 
you know, to, to do with, with the firm. Was there anything about that song specifically that you went, this, this needs more life? Um, not really. Not, not, that wasn't the reason for redoing it. We were actually looking for material at that point, Jimmy and I and the firm. And um, I think it was Chris Slade suggested um, Live in Peace. And I said, well, it's, I've already released it. He said, yeah, but it's a great, we could do it great and all this kind of thing. So he was a, the instigator of doing that. And the record company were not happy with me putting it on the next time. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Uh, Ahmed Erdogan and those guys. And uh, But, you know, life goes on. So, yeah, so it got another airing, basically, yeah. Uh, I love that. I do love your work in in the bands with with these people that you're playing with and then we should mention like there are more people than just the uh the, the four that you're talking about too because among some of the names i noticed what chuck lavelle is, yes is on this record too right which chuck what's lavelle, he on stones and the allman brothers yeah he's on uh melting i think and he's on lots of the album he's, he's on throughout the album what's that sweetie oh he's on red rose yes midnight rose midnight rose <laughs> we got there <laughs> i love that and again you know as a fan when you see any of those collaborations taking place i mean uh, in our mind you all are just you know still part of this great club who still hangs out all the time with each other whether you do or not but uh so we get to hear those moments those are those are magic well i think we we don't hang out about but we're all, i think i am very much aware of everybody's work you know if you hear another singer yeah, I'm, I'm like I'm listening, you know, or another guitar player or anything like that. So we're very aware of each other. And so I find that when you do actually meet up, even if you haven't met before, you kind of know each other through them, through each other's music, you know. Uh, Paul, it's a fantastic record. I'm so glad that you've put this one out with Midnight Rose. Congratulations. And seriously, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about it today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Carl. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. My thanks to Paul Rogers. The new album is called Midnight Rose. Thanks to you, of course, for uh, checking out the episode. Again, please do hit that subscribe button if you want to keep up with uh, interviews just like this. Uh, you subscribe, I give you three brand new interviews every single week. A new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and you can uh, do so at any of the usual podcast places, including Spotify and Apple Podcast, at NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from, you can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. And then after that, head over to WFPK.org. So I do a show Monday through Friday, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's four hours of classics from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. You get the best in new music, uh, bonus interviews, music news. Uh, one of my recent uh, one of my recent shows had the music of Kristen Hirsch covering the Beatles, uh, the Sugar Cubes with Bjork, Sonic Youth, Queens of the Stone Age, Joy Drop, Matthew Sweet, Lucero, Death Cab for Cutie, Prince, Sly and the Family Stone, Billy Holiday, Cheap Trick. Soul Asylum, Liz Fair, The National, Susie and the Banshees, Duran Duran, The Smashing Pumpkins, The Cardigans, Tedeschi Trucks Band, Iron and Wine, Charlie Crockett, Spoon, and my interview with Corey Taylor of Slipknot and Stone Sour. Just an example of what you get every weeknight starting at 6 p.m. at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also catch me on any of the social media sites. The address is always the same, at Kyle Meredith. And I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith, and I'll see you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. 
All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Consequence Podcast Network. God bless. Cheers now. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.